My name is Jeremy Devins, and welcome to the Quiet Mind Yoga Podcast. And today is a yoga practice to work on releasing the fascia, the connective tissue in the body, releasing tension there, which is actually a kind of controversial topic, but I'll get into that in a minute. Uh, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by the free guide at quietmind.yoga called The Essential Guide to Yoga Teacher Training. And that talks about all the essential things about asana, breath, history, philosophy, anatomy. There's a little snippet in each topic. So if you want to understand a little bit more about each of those things, all the main topics of yoga, what I actually call in my teacher training the 10 core competencies of teaching yoga, which is something that I've put together based on what I've found to be the most necessary parts of teaching uh, and I'll be putting that out in my teacher training that comes out in just over a month. So the doors open in uh, on nine nine nineteen. So if you're listening to this after that, there will be future teacher trainings. But uh, I'll be giving more updates on that as we go. And you can check out that free guide to get some of those essential little pieces of information and understanding to your practice at quietmind.yoga. And you'll see the yoga teacher training essential guide. So before we get into today's practice, I also want to say thank you to Claire Higgins, who reached out specifically to say thank you for the, the recent class about uh, progressively deeping, deepening, strengthening, and stretching postures. And she mentioned that was really good for her back pain and uh, really helpful for her. So thank you, Claire, for reaching out. And always let me know. I love your feedback. I love to know what's resonating with you, what's helpful for you. Uh, so today, I hope this class is helpful for you as well. Uh, this is something that I've done a lot of research in, and in my one of my teacher trainings that I attended uh, a few years ago, back in like 2014, uh, the, the topic of fascia was becoming more and more prevalent in yoga teaching and understanding and anatomy in general. And uh, it's interesting because it really connects everything. And if you look at old anatomy videos, like they would just essentially be cutting away the fascia and say it's just kind of in the way of getting to the muscles, which really are what matter. But the sort of new thought was, well, fascia isn't just unnecessary connective tissue in the way of muscles. It's actually, it's everything. Like it's it's almost the scaffolding of the body is the way I think of it, where it's it's holding up the muscles, the it's, it's like connected in between the muscles and the the little muscle fibers and the fibrils and it's everywhere it's wrapping everything and connecting everything in the body so it's everywhere and it's it's connecting everything so it's almost like a, a scaffolding where if you took away all the skeleton and the muscles you just had the fascia there you'd still have basically your form you it holds up your form of your body so it seems very important and it seems like maybe if there's a lot of tension in the body that could be part of what is tense and it's interesting. Part of the controversy is like, can we really stretch it though? So, the the actual fascia is relative to our own body. It's as strong as steel, so it's very very strong and durable and resilient. But it is also considered viscoelastic, so it can change. And there's videos you can look at of it actually changing form and. It basically looks like several little strings of collagen just moving as needed to where they're needed. So the way I think what happens in yoga practice is we do a posture and at first it's very stiff and challenging because the fascia is not uh, sort of molded to that form. But over time, it does mold to that form and the the elastic properties of the fascia move into that new form. So 
my first yoga class, Warrior Two, I was shaking and trembling, and I couldn't believe other people were just holding this pose with ease and grace. But fast forward a year or two later, after doing yoga almost daily, Warrior Two became very light and easy and graceful for me as well. So I think eventually all the postures take on that quality as the fascia adapts and creates the scaffolding for the body. So it's very easy to move into this shape and that shape and that shape. And uh, it's not as much resistance and not as much molded to, like, for example, for me before, it was more molded to the posture of, like, sitting and playing guitar because that's what I was doing most of the time before that. But it's, so eventually the body adapts and then they can easily come in and out of these shapes. And then you can even go a long time without doing that practice. Like a friend of mine recently talked about how she hadn't rock climbed in maybe a year or two, but she had rock climbed before that for many years. And she came back and she was just like right where she left off. And I think what happened there, and she remained, remained pretty active, so she didn't lose it, that her body had adapted to be very, uh, very skillful in rock climbing. And then even though she had taken some time off, it was still like the scaffolding was still there. So she could easily jump right back into it. And her body had already adapted to that. All that to say, the more we practice, that's really the consistency is always the key with anything, especially with the body. So the more consistent we are with practicing yoga, the more we do these postures, the more the fascia will adapt and so the idea of releasing is kind of controversial. Like, can it really release? Is that really the muscle? Is that something else? Um, from what I've seen in the videos, you can see the fascia molding and adapting and taking new shapes. I think that's what's happening. So it's sliding along with the, the muscle fibers. It's moving along with the muscle fibers. It's moving these little fibers, these little strands of collagen, and uh, taking these new forms and adapting our bodies to have this sort of strength, this tensile strength that's relative to steel to hold the body up into these different shapes to be strong, but also to be able to be flexible, which I think is always the key. You always want to develop strength, flexibility, and balance, not just flexibility in yoga. All right, so I hope this is helpful and gives you some perspective and uh, uh, sort of understanding of what we're working with when we talk about fascia, at least in my perspective. And a whole other can of worms is the fascia is sometimes considered like the transmitter of consciousness because it's sending electrical signals to the whole body. And it's been shown that it can essentially store traumatic responses and stress responses in the body. So we're also working on that, but I'll talk about that another time. Uh, so it, just to say, like, if anything uh, emotional comes up as you go into working with this stuff, that is normal and uh, a common response. All right, so uh, I'll stop talking now and just enjoy your practice and I uh, look forward to sharing more with you soon. Again, just over a month, I'm launching my first online yoga teacher training, a 200-hour program where you'll learn the 10 core competencies of yoga as I've defined them uh, and found them to be most helpful. Uh, and you'll learn the three phases of teaching yoga so that you can understand uh, how to continue to learn and progress in your practice. And I'll have more info on that coming up next week and in the following weeks. But for today, enjoy your practice. So we'll start from a seated posture, just like you are now. We'll start with some simple movements in the spine. It's moving a little bit forward, back, in circles. It's moving the spine, the shoulders, the neck. Any way that feels good for you, starting to move in ways maybe you don't normally move. Getting the 
whole upper body into the movements and then we'll come back to the center and round the back as you inhale extend the spine lift the heart as you exhale round the back chin towards the chest continue with this motion a few times from the pelvis to the top of the head moving the spine forward and back and again maybe finding different new areas that you don't normally move or that are a little more challenging to reach and you can add little side to side aspects to this if you want but eventually coming back to the center and we'll make circles from the pelvis so the spine moves forward and then as you exhale you round back so drawing a big circle in one direction here and this can go all the way up into the neck so we're working with the connective tissue more today the fascia the all the, there's tons of these little layers of connective tissue throughout the entire body. The fascia wraps all the muscles, all the nerve endings. And uh, the best way to move it is just in different new ways, exploring different movements in the body. So go the other direction if you haven't already. It's mostly water, but it's extremely strong. It's relatively, like for our bodies, it's like as strong as steel. So it's important, it's very, it's, it sort of holds everything together, um, but if we don't move, it becomes very stiff and sort of stuck. And we experience that as tensions and it starts to pull on muscles and bones and connective tissue. We'll start to come back to the center and now we'll bring the, your right hand out to your right, your left arm overhead into a side bend. And again, you, so this way you can hold the side bend if you want, or you can add little movements here in the shoulder and the arm if you want. So all this stuff here at the beginning is really dynamic and fluid. The nature of the, the fascia is like if we took, other, took the bones out of the body, uh, and took the muscles out of the body, the fa just left the fascia, we'd still have the same general shape of the body. It would be rec recognizable. Right? So the, f the fascia is really the main thing holding it all together. And then we'll come back to center over to the other side. Side bend here. Little movements if you want. The neck can move, the arms, the, the ribs, the side, the spine. And the wrist, the elbow if you want. And then back to center. And just a little rotation in the spine. So well, lengthen up with your inhale, lengthen the spine, and then exhale to your right. And we'll do this motion a few times here. So inhaling to center, and exhaling over to the other side, rotating. And you can stay longer if you want, or you can move with the breath. So we're not trying to get to like the end range of motion, but we're just sort of 
washing out the spines, going side to side, like as if you're like wringing out a towel. And you can add little movements any way you like along the way. And then we'll come back to the center. So maybe feel a little bit looser. Uh, so we'll come down to uh, have our bolster behind us. So we can have the bolster under the back. And the blocks to the sides. We're going to shift our weight down to the legs here, and your blanket could be like a little pillow under the under the head on the bolster if you want. So you'll lay back, so the bolster is up to your tail, you'll lay back onto that, have your feet together and knees apart to the blocks. And supine bound angle pose. So your tail's on the floor, spine is on the bolster. And then you can add little movements to this now, just sort of moving a little side to side in the legs, just kind of letting the knees fall left to right. You can move the, the blocks for that part if you want. A little more movement with the lower spine and the hips. And we'll come back to the center. And have the right leg, just start to move the right leg around, forward, back, bending the knee, pointing the toes, ankles. Right, so just stuff we don't normally do. That's one of the best ways to hydrate the fascia and help the whole body feel lighter and more relaxed is just doing things we never do. The more repetitive the motions, the more everything starts to harden up over time. Then we'll go over to the other side, so left leg, making movements all directions. Really fluid, relaxed, easy movements in the left leg. And we'll come back to the center. Again, feet together, knees apart onto the blocks. And now here you can have your arms reach overhead if you want a little more in the chest and shoulders. You can let the arms just relax overhead or arms beside you. Let the back of your body be heavy. And we'll come to stillness for a little bit here. Letting everything sort of rest into the support of the props.
then from here we'll start to bring the knees back together and start to come off of the bolster up to sitting and we'll use the bolster for the next thing too but we're just going to set up a little different to have your uh, blocks move away for now your uh, feet on the floor sort of a crab shape so knees bent and let your knees fall over to your left so you end up having your right knee into the left arch of the foot right knee to the left arch and then start to turn towards your bolster towards the back of your mat and you can come down to the elbows or onto your hands or onto the bolster it's any version of this of deer pose and the emphasis most often you'll feel this in your lower right side in the QL uh, but sometimes you can feel it in other places too there's tension in other places start to come back up here and over to the other side so same setup feet on the floor now let your knees fall to your right left knee towards the right arch of the right foot and turn towards the back of the mat maybe to the bolster or the floor in deer pose start to come back up and here from that sort of crab position with your feet on the floor leaning on your hands uh, you might want to screw your feet a little bit further forward to get here but we'll have the right ankle over the left thigh so it's like pigeon pose sort of thing on your tail 
right? and sometimes you can like straighten out the left leg and then come into it that way and just lean a little bit over to your right to the piriformis the outer right hip area and you might find some tension there and if you don't quite feel it sometimes coming onto the wood floor gives you a little bit more resistance so it's a little easier to find it or bending your left knee more intensifies it and so you could just find the tense spot and hold there and breathe and as you hold it it might start to sort of dissipate over time Of course, you can add movements to this if you want, or you can hold still. Either way is totally fine. And we'll go over to the other side, same thing. So again, if this, if this side's a little tight, you start with your right leg straight, and then bend the knee in with the, that shape. Uh, and again, you, you can intensify by having your right foot come in closer, can add little movement side into the left side into the piriformis it's sort of under the glute muscles it's kind of deep in there uh, and you can find a spot that feels a lot of sensation just hold there or you can move side to side on this Start to come out from here and release. Back to sitting on a tail to have your right foot to the left thigh. Left leg extends here. Feel your sit bones connect to the floor, lengthen the spine, and start to fold any amount over the left leg, which could be more forward or directly over the leg. Uh, you can have hands out, hold on to the leg or the foot. If it's uncomfortable in your back at all, just focus on extension, lengthening the spine, and hinging at the waist. But if your back's okay, it's okay if the back rounds. Right, so we've worked around all of the hips, so inner, front, outer, and now the back of the leg into the hamstrings. Slowly start to crawl your hands back in to sit again. And to the other side, right leg extends, left foot to the thigh. Find your sit bones. Extend through the right heel, flexing the right toes back. So you're lengthening through the whole right side of the body. And use your fingers to extend the spine up. And start to fold at the waist any amount. It could be over the leg, it could be forward.
and start to crawl the hands back in, sitting up. And then we'll bring the soles of the feet together here, knees apart. Extend through the spine and start to hinge forward any amount at the waist here. Your hands can press on the foot, massage the foot, squeeze the feet, anything that feels good there. start to sit back up. And the last thing here is have our legs extend, both legs extend out in a sort of V shape that could be a little wider if that's okay for you, uh, but about 90 degrees is fine. And use your fingers behind you to extend the spine and tilt your pelvis a little bit so that you're, you try, like you're trying to arch your back. So it's called an anterior pelvic tilt rather than a posterior pelvic tilt, where it's like if you're trying to squeeze your glutes. Right? So we want to start, try to arch the back, and then from that length, any amount, you walk the hands forward, keeping that length in the spine as far as you can, maybe hands to the legs or to the floor in front of you, any version of the wide-legged forward fold. Again, anytime we're doing the forward folds, be mindful of your back. Just make sure if there is any back pain, you focus on extension and hinging at the hips. Start to walk the hands back in and bring the legs together. We'll come over to hands and knees and have the blanket under the knees for padding. And again, this idea of moving in ways that we don't normally move to hydrate the connective tissue in the body. So you can bring your hands onto the mat or off of the mat, or you can reach around, you can do side-to-side -side movements, you can do forward and back movements, just whatever feels good for you. Reaching the arms off of the mat, extending one leg, you know, just kind of exploring, listening to your body for the next 30 seconds or so, which could be sometimes just holding still feels really nourishing for you. come back to hands and knees and focus on the shoulders, upper back area. So we'll bring the hands onto the wood floor 
and a little side to side into the shoulders, left to right, which again could add little movements to that if you want. Doing what feels good for your shoulders here, side to side. And then back to the center, keep the hands on the wood floor. Scapula retract, shoulder blades together as you lower the chest. And then scapular protraction, shoulder blades apart as you lift the upper back. Focusing on the shoulder blades moving together and apart here a few times. And these, the ability to contract and release the muscles of the upper back. The biggest issue with this area is that the tension accumulates and maybe it's unconscious that it accumulates and it's unconscious that it holds there. At least that's been my experience in my body. Unconscious tension can just sort of pile up in the shoulders and upper back area. But here we're consciously contracting and releasing so that we can really feel those muscles and have that mind-muscle connection. And we'll come back to the center to bring both arms forward and lower the forehead down towards the ground. Arms could stay straight with elbows off the ground or elbows could lower down to make this a little gentler on the shoulders. So the hips are over the knees, unlike child's pose here. So there's a little bit more of a back bend to it. This is helping to open the uh, front of the chest and shoulders and the pectoral muscles, which uh, tend to shorten over time, which tends to pull the shoulder. Uh, basically, the shoulders start to push forward and the back starts to round. Uh, also this can come from sitting, repetitive stress. Uh, so this sort of undoes all that. And cross your left arm underneath into a twist. Left shoulder towards the ground. Right arm could stay extended, pressing down in the hand, or right arm could bend at the elbow, pressing into the hand. Breathe into the space under the left shoulder. So when you inhale, you feel a little expansion there. When you exhale, a little contraction. And then slowly release. Back to center over to the other side, same thing. back to the center. 
So the shoulders a little more relaxed and open up. We'll do a little bit of strengthening in the shoulders. So tuck the toes, lift the knees, and lift the hips up and back to downward facing dog. From the side, your body's like a triangle shape. And you can bend one knee at a time, ease into down dog. You can bend the knees a lot if the hamstrings or back feels a little tight today. You can always take feet wider apart for the hamstrings uh, to ha have a little more room to work with. Forward to a plank pose, shoulders over the wrist. So you can have one knee down for this, but the main thing is we want the shoulders over the wrist, so strengthening the chest and shoulders where we just did a lot of stretching. And then let your knees down for everybody. And elbows bend in to 90 degrees alongside the ribs. Again, a little more strengthening into the shoulders. Your feet can, you know, you cross the ankles, you can have the knees bent, uh, or you can have legs straight. And then we'll come back to uh, hands and knees or plank pose. And then again, elbows bend towards 90 degrees, a little strengthening in the chest and shoulders. And then back to hands and knees or the plank pose and then back to the baby chaturanga. Elbows bend, and back to hands and knees. So again, just have your hands off of the mat to the wood floor, a little side to side in the shoulders, releasing that tension. And I think one of the cool skills of yoga and one of the really important skills to develop is to be able to build up contraction and tension, activation of muscle fibers, and then to be able to let that go. And then we'll come back to the center again. Back to the hands and knees. And step your right foot forward into a lunge. And we'll start to do a little movement here, which will be shifting the hips forward, extending the spine, sort of like a cow pose. And then shifting the hips back, rounding the back, as you lift the right toes, straightening the leg. So it's sort of half splits. So shifting forward, extending the spine into a low lunge, and then shifting back, extending the right leg as you round the back. Continue with your breath a few times here, inhaling forward, exhaling back. And next time you come forward to the lunge, we'll stay there and hold in this low lunge position. Now you can use blocks under hands if you want a little support here. You can have hands on the floor, uh, any version of this. You could bend the back knee, intensifying the stretch in the quadriceps and the hip flexors. And you don't need to reach back for the foot if you want to bend the knee. You could. Try to move your heel towards your tail. That's going to help stretch the quadriceps. If it hurts your knee, though, just skip it. And now back to the half splits. So left leg relaxes. As you shift your hips back, straighten the right leg, folding over the right leg. And here you could bring hands uh, on the blocks beside you to help extend the spine. 
So again, if you don't want to round the back as much today, if there's any discomfort with that, you can lengthen the spine and still get the hamstring stretch. And then keep everything the same, just point your toes forward, stretching the top of the foot and the shin, which are something, areas we usually don't stretch very much. Back to hands and knees. Left foot forward into this slow lunge position. And we'll do this movement forward and back. Shifting hips forward, inhale to extend the spine. And shift back as you exhale to round the spine and straighten the left leg. Continue at your own pace. Next time you come forward, we'll stay there in the lunge. Long spine, extending through the spine. And again, you could bend the back knee, bringing the weight above the kneecap into the belly of the muscle. And if you don't want to bend the back knee, if there's any discomfort in the knee, you can just skip that too. So holding here in this lunge, finding extension through the spine, the hips shifting forward and down. Letting gravity do some of the work here, just drawing the pelvis forward and down into a deeper stretch. And then we'll come back to the half splits. Shift your hips back, left toes uh, flex back towards the knee. Hands can be on blocks for extending the spine here. Any amount folding over the left leg. And keep everything the same. Just point the toes forward. back up. From here, let's all step up to the front of the mat to forward fold. And any version of this, you can bend the knees, you can hold opposite elbows. arms relax and with a bend in the knees slowly roll up the spine to stand head comes up last for mountain pose toes lift and spread out contract the quadriceps front of the thighs contract the glutes back of the legs navel draws in Straight arms contracting through the triceps, the back of the arms. 
and just a very slight tilting in of the chin to lengthen through the top of the head. So the whole body is an active quality, but also a relaxed quality. And from here, we'll reach the arms up overhead. Catch your left wrist and reach to your right for a side bend. And you could stay just like that or turn a little bit towards the ground or towards the ceiling if you want. And we'll come back up to center over to the other side. And back to center and bend the elbows to lift the heart, shoulders down the back, contracting the muscles of the back. And release the hands down. So we'll shift into balancing a little bit here. So take the hands to the waist and shift your weight into your right foot and start to let the left foot just lift off the ground a little bit. And from there, let the left toes touch the floor behind you. Reach your arms back like you're doing locust pose, like a slight extension of the spine, contracting of the back of the body. And then maybe start to lift the left leg further towards a warrior three shape where you're more parallel to the ground. But hold anywhere along the way that feels right for you. It's more important that we find the activation of the back muscles of the body than how far we go. So even without lifting the foot, you can still activate those same muscles. So if the balance is a little tricky today, just focus on activating the back of the body. That's going to be more helpful in the long run it's for building that mind-muscle connection. And we'll come back to stand. All right, so again, you can even feel for yourself. You don't have to lift your foot. You can even have your right foot step behind you and focus on and poke around with your fingers and feel your glutes contract, your back contracts, the triceps. Right? So you're waking up these mind-muscle connections. And if you don't feel it, maybe release and then come back to it. So we're kind of coming in and out to build that mind-muscle connection. And once you've got it and you're able to activate, the balance becomes a lot easier because you can hold that contraction of the muscles. And then we'll come back to stand. So now back to mountain pose, we'll take the hands to the waist, shift your weight into your right foot and let the left toes turn out to the left. Foot stays at the ankle or to the calf. And if you feel a little wobbly, stay here, work on your balance. And again, we're working on activating the right leg just like it was in mountain pose, right? And then if you wanna go further, you bring the left foot up to the thigh Hands either at the waist, the heart, or overhead, any version of this. Focus the gaze at a single spot on the floor in front of you. Again, how far you go doesn't matter very much, but it's more, more effective, more important for you and your own body to be able to activate these muscle fibers and be able to contract and release them at when you want to. And we'll start to come back down. 
And we'll come back to the other side. So hands on the waist, shift to your left foot, right toes turn out. Find in your left leg, find the qualities of mountain pose. Contracted in the left leg, strong and stable. And then right foot to the thigh, or sorry, the, the calf or the thigh. Hands can be at the waist, the heart, or arms extend up. And if you want a little more challenge from there, you could close one eye or both eyes. And then we'll slowly come back to stand. And then one more balance here. So we've gone back to the side, now forward with the quadriceps. Shift into the right foot, left hands on the waist, and let the left toes just touch the floor in front of you. And again, without lifting the leg, you can focus on feeling around and contracting your quadriceps. So they can be relaxed, and it's gonna be a lot harder to, to do much with the leg or they can be contracted. And once you find that engagement, it becomes much easier to start to lift the leg any amount up, balancing here, pointing the left toes. Focus the gaze at a single spot. And then slowly come back down. Reset the feet. So we're back to like mountain pose in the left leg. Right toes point forward, touching the floor. And then right foot starts to float off the ground from the contraction of the muscles. And then back to standing. Reach the arms up overhead. Catch your left wrist for a side bend to your right. And then back to center over to the other side. And back to center to bend the elbows, shoulders down the back to lift the heart. And interlace the hands behind your back as you fold forward at the waist with arms overhead. Bend your left knee, turn the left shoulder towards the left knee, opening the right shoulder to the right. So the right leg is straight to help us uh, release a little tension in the IT band, the TFL on the right side. And then we'll come back to the center, to the other side. So you bend the left knee, which side are we on? Right, right knee now. <laughs> if I look at too many people, I get confused. Gotta just look at one person. And then back to the center, both legs are straight, arms still overhead, and then just lower the hands down here. Now step out to, so we're all facing towards this side of the room for a wide stance. And your hands can be on blocks or hands on the floor under the shoulders. So wide-legged forward fold here. Long spine to start and start to hinge at the waist to fold in any variation you want. You can let your hands reach back behind you. You can hold opposite elbows. You can grab the feet. Generally, generally you want your toes pointing straight ahead, but 
we all have different anatomies. Some people actually have uh, internal rotation in their hips at the socket. So if it feels more natural to turn a little bit out or in, that's probably best for you. Begin to come out the way you came in, step by step, back to hands or blocks, and then turn towards the front of the mat to forward fold at the front of the mat. Back to downward facing dog. to hands and knees, to pigeon pose, right knee towards the right edge of the mat, left toes, left hip starts to slide back a little bit to lower hips towards the floor. Hips are square to the ground, fingers, hands can help you lengthen the spine and use that length to lower towards the ground. Hands can be stacked under the head, elbows apart, or any other version of this. Maybe head on a block or whatever is comfortable for you. You can always do pigeon on your back if you prefer, laying down in the figure four shape. further back and down yeah just like that keep going yeah and then start to yeah just like that and then lower your hands down to rest the head there and try to keep more centered there okay better or worse feels better cool <laughs> at least feel some <laughs> <laughs> good all right and you can have eventually this knee can be a little bit more over here but if it feels a little tight today that's plenty and then your hips go back to center yeah back down. And we'll start to transition to the other side here. If you make any movements you want in between.
This one <laughs> really close. This one will work on having your shins come forward a little bit. So a little bit less back if you can, just a little bit forward with the left shin. Mm -hmm. okay. And then start to come down. Oh. Better or worse? It's okay. okay. One more thing you can do then is tuck your right toes like this to lift your back knee. And then start to like shift your right leg back. And then come back down. A little deeper. Yeah. start to transition back up here and come to a comfortable seated posture so you could sit up on the blanket or on a bolster or block just any seated posture that works for you And just like in the beginning of the class, a little bit of movements in the spine, the shoulders, the neck, just kind of feeling things out. And then eventually come back to center, to stillness. So your hands, we're gonna do a little breathing meditation then our Shavasana, so your hands can be <coughs> down on the knees here, grounding, or palms open, uh, a little more energizing usually, or hands can rest on the lap, so whatever is most natural for you here, and your eyes can just rest on a spot in front of you, or you can close your eyes, and our focus will be to just extend the breath a little bit, so you're going to inhale as normal, which may be like five seconds or so on the inhale, and your exhale will be maybe six, seven, eight seconds. So just a little bit longer than usual. In this way, we're, it's called a Langana effect, where we're helping to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system and help our bodies shift into a more rest, digest, heal state. So again, eyes closed or open, and just having your exhales be a little bit longer than the inhales, and we'll just continue here or brief breathing meditation. your mind is wandering, you can count the breath, you can count to five on the inhale, count to six or seven on the exhale. 
we'll start to transition to final resting pose, Shavasana. So, you can lay just flat on your back. You can use the bolster under your back again. Uh, any variation, you can have a bolster under the knees. Whatever's comfortable for you. We'll have a few minutes to rest in Shavasana.
Let's start to make small movements of the fingers and toes, hands and feet, arms and legs. And eventually start to come over to one side and back up to sitting. And we'll just take a moment to close our practice with the hands together at the heart. And bow the mind to the heart and to each other. Thank you for practicing today. Namaste.